Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Uh, Maybe you had to look at the table of contents, maybe not, but we're going to get real familiar with this book over the next several weeks. And again, it is extremely important. And you might say, well, why do we have to do this in church? I mean, this is church. And, and again, I'd say, and, and especially talking about your kids, listen, your sixth grader, your teenagers, really even younger than that, are, are hearing more about it on the playground, in the locker room, in school, uh, at work, uh, when you're doing sports. And so if we don't present the truth, we're just going to continue to live in darkness and deception. Um, God has a lot to say about it for a reason because these things are an important part of our life and the world has taken it to be something other than God always intended. And so it has so much influence in our lives, the world does rather, through movies and books. And let me say this real quick. I'm your pastor and I love you. And if you only hear one thing through the course of this series, I want you to hear a lot more. Don't go see shades of, 50 Shades of Grey. Okay, don't go see it. Don't. And... You can tell Hollywood I said that. (laughs) I'm telling you, save yourself a lot of trouble and a lot of stuff, images and things that you don't need that in you. You don't need to add that to that. And be mindful of what you watch. And we'll get into that later in another, seri- uh, another message. But uh, I just save you some trouble. I mean, you got to dig that stuff out once you get it in. And, and, and ladies, if your man wants to take you to a, a romantic dinner and a movie, go see Paddington. <laughs> okay? You don't have to get stuff out after that, really. You don't have to deal with that. Um, and, and guys, don't, don't take a woman to see that. Don't put her in a position to do that. And uh, we're just adding to the, the big monster in the world that is sexual perversion and all that kind of stuff. And don't, don't support that, okay? So I'm trying to help you, Pastor You, If you've done it, no condemnation. Let me say this too. Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. The devil will condemn you and say that you've done this, you've lived that way, there's no way out, it's too late. That's a lie. The Holy Spirit will convict you and thank God for conviction because it will say that, yes, you're doing this, but there is a way out. Let me show you. And so uh, ground rules for the series, listen for you. Don't be elbowing your spouse or the one you're sitting by or amen, I know that's right. And look at your person sitting next to you. Yeah. Okay. Let's not do any of that. Okay. Save that for yourself. Learn and grow in that. And the other thing is, um, as we walk out the word of God, which is what we're trying to do, uh, again, be careful in the comparison thing because really none of our lives actually line up with the standard of the word. That's what we're striving for. And we're hoping to do better today than we did yesterday and hope to do better tomorrow with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, amen? And so let's start new and fresh because Jesus makes all things new. So let's let the past be the past in our life and relationships, especially along the lines of the subject matter of sex and dating and all that. Let's let the past be the past and move forward and make some adjustments in line with the word of God, okay? And let's break free from some stuff. Now I believe, and we've been praying as a staff for this series, that some things will come to service and they need to. Some things need to surface in your life that you need to address, whether you're willing to admit it or not, for the sake of freedom. And so we're going to give you resources and materials throughout the course of the series that will help you as you, and we're here for you and we'll do some things with you, help you process through some of this and just move forward in life and move beyond uh, where we're at today. Okay? So I'm excited about it. Let me give you a little bit of background on the Song of Solomon. And Solomon is the third king of Israel. He is King David's son. It was King Saul, King David, and King Solomon. He could possibly be the wealthiest, maybe even one of the most powerful kings at that time, that day. 
Um, he wrote three books of the Bible. He wrote Ecclesiastes. He wrote most of Proverbs, not all, but most of Proverbs. And he wrote the Song of Solomon. And it's interesting to me, and I don't think by coincidence, but by divine plan, that the man who wrote the book of wisdom is also the man who wrote the book on sex and dating. Come on, I need a bigger amen than that one. I mean, do you see the power and the importance of that? I mean, God knew what he was doing. And so let's line our life up with God's wisdom and not the world's, okay? So let's make sure that the word becomes the standard in our life in this series. We can get some things in order, perhaps. Uh, it's the real translation of Song of Solomon would literally be Song of Songs. Solomon was a songwriter, much like his dad, David, who wrote many psalms. And so, but this is called Song of Songs, again, emphasizing a great importance on this book and its subject matter. It was written about 3,000 years ago, and can I say it is still really steamy, (laughs) Uh, spicy might be the word, whatever word you're going to do, but I will probably be a real deep shade of red through the whole series, just so you know. And since it's winter, it will not be sunburn, okay? So... All right, it is, a, it is a, a poem allegory type book, so therefore there's a lot of symbolism. And so it, it can be a little bit confusing, but I've done some groundwork for you. We're gonna look at cultural things. They would understand all the things being said. I'm gonna help you understand it as well. We'll talk through it all. And you'll see things, and you'll just have to take it and, and be careful what you do with it. But you'll see things like this, phrases like, uh, your belly is like a heap of wheat. Don't say that to your wife, just a little pastoral advice. I hope that wasn't what you wrote in the Valentine card yesterday. Maybe your last Valentine, I don't know. <laughs> but there's some things in there and that has purpose and meaning and, and that we'll get into week three. So we're gonna start today with, uh, we're gonna walk from chapter one, verse one through the book and we're gonna start with the rules of attraction, the laws of attraction. And this is before really they're even dating. They're kind of just checking each other out a little bit. The major players here, of course, are, are Solomon. And you'll see him referred to as lover a lot. And that's King Solomon. You'll see the word beloved, and that is uh, the, the gal that they're looking to build a relationship with. She, when she speaks, a lot of times you'll see beloved. And then there's a group of people, her friends or observers. They're the daughters of Jerusalem, a translation would say, young maidens, young women. And they're basically a group of gals that are watching this unfold. And so we get some great insight from them as they're observing all this relationship. Uh, it does start with attraction, which will be our topic today. Uh, next week, it moves into dating, so God's plan for dating. So I really want to encourage parents to be here and get your teenagers here. Okay, we want to see what the word has to say, amen, about dating. Uh, The next week, the progression, we know that there's a marriage because it is the book on sex. And so it's about the honeymoon. And so let me say this about that. You know the song by Lionel Richie, All Night Long? He got it from Song of Solomon. Just saying that. All right. I was going to play the clip for you since it's love song. But uh, anyways, I thought I'd save that. Uh, But it is great as God intended it to be. It's a mess when the world influences it, okay? And so we're gonna dig into that a little bit. That'll be, uh, I know all the men wanna write that date down, March 1, (laughs) March 1st. uh, That'll be that one, so two more weekends. And then from there, uh, you heard the phrase, the honeymoon is over. Okay, then they have a fight. They have conflict after the honeymoon. They have some conflict and conflict resolution. And then they begin to build a stronger, more mature relationship, a deeper relationship, a deeper love and understanding of covenant. So that's kind of the progression over these next several weeks. And so I wanna encourage you to come and be a part of that and hear it all in its entirety. If you cannot, then get online and stream and you can go watch it. But let me say this, every message has application for you. 
I'm already married, so I don't need to hear the dating one. You know, there's something in everything that we can apply to our life. You'll have to dig in and find out what it is, but I will promise you this, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. You may not want to hear it or do it, but it'll be revealed to you. So come and hear everything, and then look how you can apply it to your life. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1. Let's start reading there. And basically it says Solomon's Song of Songs. Again, I think placing a great emphasis on this could be one of his most important writings. Uh, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. Let's back up to verse two for just a moment. Let me point something out just here. This is kind of, this, these three scriptures are setting up the series, really. And it says here, let him kiss me. And, and so it is obviously the beloved uh, talking uh, about Solomon. She's saying, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Your love is more delightful than wine. Say, my love is more delightful than wine. You can look at your spouse and go ahead and say that. That's an okay one. You can do that. Uh Uh-huh, I told you. (laughs) My love's more delightful than wine. Basically what she's saying here and for us to understand through the course of this series is you are a unique person built for love by the God of love himself. And so you need to come from the standpoint and say, my love, how God has created me to love is of great value. God has created me and my uniqueness and and who better to go to to understand how you were created for love than the creator that is love himself. And again, but we turn to the world and we turn to all these things and we get cheap imitations and we get perversion and it's because we're not going to the one who is love to understand how we were created to love. And so what, what you see happening here is you see this understanding of how we were created to love and as we push into God and press into God and understand that, then we become the unique lover that he intended us to be. And that is not just a sexual thing. In fact, it'll be a while before we even get into that. But you are unique. And if you live your life the way God intended, loving the way he says to love, connecting with the God of love, then you see your life will have influence. In fact, when you look here at the scripture, if you guys could put that back up for me. In verse two, it goes on to say, your love is more delightful than wine. And the next verse says this, pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Now listen to this, your name is like perfume poured out. Now in that day, someone to own perfume said a lot. It was one of the most valuable, expensive things you could own. You didn't have cars and other stuff like that. So people would own expensive perfume. And basically what this, this lady's saying to Solomon is your name or your reputation of how you love is of the greatest value. Now I want you to get that because he doesn't say how you perform sex is of the greatest value. Come on, it's okay. Maybe I scared you off on the amen stuff, but it's okay, all right? (laughs) Help me, I need it. This is a tough subject, but anyways. Your name or the reputation on how you love, which is openly observed by other people, so it doesn't have a sexual connotation, is of great value. Oh, that it would be said of us, you and I. And we know that to be too because it says, no wonder the young women love you. No wonder they all want to be with you. No wonder they want to, how'd you get so lucky? How's he interested in you? No wonder because you have this reputation of people look at you and say, man, how do you love like that? Where did you learn to love like that? In which we would say today, the word of God, not from this world, but from the word of God, from the creator, the God who is love. So already we see unfolding this idea of love is so much greater than the physical part of it. And so the reputation that he has is people outwardly observe and all these women are watching and she says, you know what? 
It's wonderful how he does it, you're right, but he's mine, you can't have him, basically is what she's telling him. And so we need to understand that it is how we love as a whole. And so uh, Solomon says, or really the, the Song of Solomon says this in the next verse, take me away with you, let us hurry. So she's like, let's get into this relationship. Now this attraction thing, let's start moving this thing forward. Let us hurry, let the king bring me into his chambers. I wanna move into the relationship. We rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your, your love more than wine. How right they are to adore you. Now she's saying her own observation is, yeah, they're right to wanna be with you. And she's saying, so I wanna move this relationship forward. And it goes on to say this, uh, and this is really, gets really interesting. I mean, it all is, but here, I want you to understand what she's saying here. So she says, dark am I, yet lovely. Now the observation has been how he's loved openly people, his reputation, how he's openly loved everybody. People are like, how did you get him interested in you? I wanna be that person. And so she starts talking about here, dark am I. Now understand in today's world, that we think that, that dark and tanning, you know, we spend so much money on tanning, not me, I can't tan, it doesn't matter, I just burn, so I don't, I don't waste my money on that. But we go to tanning beds, tanning salons, spray tan, and I'm not saying those are bad things, but back in this day, uh, the darker you were because of the sun, the less attractive you were. Because what it meant was that you were out working in the fields all day. You're in hard physical labor. And so if you're in hard physical labor, you became darker because of the sun and it really did damage to you, but also your hands were gonna be rough, your feet were gonna be rough, you're gonna be out there all the time and dirty and smelly and sweaty. So it wasn't an attractive thing. So she's saying, dark am I yet lovely. And she's saying, it doesn't matter to you how physically attractive or unattractive I am, you still love me. You're still interested. And again, it's placing a greater value on something other than physical attraction. And so she's talking about here being in the fields and working, and she's acknowledging that I, I, I'm not very physically attractive. So we see the beginning of this. And I want to teach you the law, the rules of attraction as God intended. So notice the order of the attraction. I want you to notice that, the attraction to each other. And now if you're single, you need to know God's order of attraction so that you know what to be attracted to because the world has it mixed up. And you also, if you're single, need to know or learn what makes you attractive in God's plan and purpose because then one day, then you'll attract the right person. And honestly, we'll save this somewhat for next week, but people say, I keep just dating the wrong men. Well, maybe you're using the wrong bait. <laughs> right, I mean, we'll save that for next week, but the reality is let's get things in the proper order as God intended, and so then we'll find out the power of attraction in God's uh, order. Uh, if you're married, and you might think, well, that's just for unmarried people. If you're married, you need to work hard at being attracted to your spouse again. It doesn't end at the wedding ceremony, right? I mean, you're not supposed to end the attraction after you get married. When you stop being attractive, the world becomes attractive, and others become attractive. And that's where problems come in. So we need to learn the rules or the laws of attraction. Let's keep looking at verse five. Dark am I, and that day again, it wasn't a positive thing. And it means that she was out working in the fields. And she says, talking to the group around, I know I'm not very attractive, yet he's interested in me. He says to, she says to daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon, which is like blackout curtains, so dark that you couldn't see in there. Let's go on to the next one. Do not stare at me because I'm dark, because I'm, I'm you know, looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Because I'm darkened by the sun. Then she says, why? My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards. I had always had to work outside. And this next phrase, my own vineyard I had to neglect. When you see vineyard there in this, in this passage, it represents her body. So she says, my own vineyard 
I haven't, I haven't been able to do anything for me because I've been doing all this for everybody else. Soon what she's saying, she's like, I know I'm unattractive. I haven't been able to do anything to keep myself together, yet he thinks I'm lovely. So he must be attracted to something else. And, and so, because she's discussing this thing about being dark and dirty, I don't know why, and, but yet he thinks I'm attractive. Young people, listen to me. Don't let the body be the attraction. Don't. Don't let the body be the attraction. God has a greater plan. God has a greater way. You understand that Solomon was probably the wealthiest, most powerful, let's say this, the most eligible number one bachelor on the planet of that day. And yet here's someone that admittedly is unattractive, but yet something else attracted him to her. Don't let the body be the attraction. And let me just say it this way, because to be honest with you, it doesn't stay that way. It changes quickly. It's a moving target. Things are moving around all the time. That's the truth, all right? So come on, young people, don't let the body be the attraction first, all right? Amen. My own vineyard I've neglected, and she says, I haven't even spent time, but he still likes me. Verse seven says this. Tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Now listen to this next sentence. Why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? Now she's been talking about a lack of physical beauty as she sees it. And she's saying how lovely I am to him. He's attracted to something else. And now she starts saying and really says to everybody, why should I be like a veiled woman? And what she's saying there is veiled women of that day, they were prostitutes. Why should I be like the prostitutes that probably spend all day looking good because then they made money that way, pleasing people? She's basically saying out loud to everybody, I'm not going to compromise my values. I'm going to stand for what I believe. I'm not going to get so consumed and caught up with the attraction thing that I start living something contrary to what God wants me to be. I have greater value on my life. So she's saying to the daughters of Jerusalem that are surrounding her, she's like, I'm not very attractive maybe, but I'm not going to go down that road for the sake of attraction because he's attracted to something else in me. Boy, is that a great lesson. That's a great lesson for all of us. She's announcing to everyone why she's attractive. To this great guy, Solomon, the, the, the most eligible bachelor when, bachelor when she's unattractive. And listen, young people, she's basically saying, it's because I did not compromise my values. She says, let me tell you why he likes me. It's because I'm spiritually attractive. Order of attraction number one in God's order, spiritual attraction. That has to be our first. It has to be our emphasis. Spiritual attraction. She's saying the reason he wants to be with me is because I know and understand God. So let me say this, if you've lost that love and feeling, there's not that attraction in your marriage anymore, you want to get that all working again, you want the romance back, you want the physical part back, you want everything at home to be working again, and listen, young people, singles, you want your dating life to be right, the first attraction has to be our love for God. And God is the creator of love, he would know better than you would, and he certainly knows better than the world would. And if he says that is the order of attraction, the number one to us has to be spiritual attraction. And, and, and sir, let me say this as far as spiritual attraction goes, and you just have to love me because I'm the pastor, I guess, or forgive me or whatever. I don't mean it's bad, but let me say this. Spiritual attraction should be the number one order. Listen, if you'll get your hands out of your pockets at praise and worship and raise them up just maybe a little bit, uh, you don't have to go touchdown. 
You can carry the TV a little bit, right? Or you can, how big is my fish? How big is my fish? My favorite is, you know, body scan TSA at the San Antonio airport, right? Okay? You don't have to go touch down. But if you get your hands out of your pocket and do things a little bit more things spiritually, guess what? She'll go, my, 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 ooh, la, la, that's my man. Amen? Yeah. Thanks, ladies. And here's why. Because every woman in the building wants a spiritual leader. Everyone. Every woman. So if you'll do what you need to do spiritually first, it's a game changer. It's God's order. So that's what we need to be working on first. And singles, if you'll put that spiritual thing first, you'll attract the right people. You'll attract the right people, okay? So, but if, you, if you'll do some little things like that, it'll change everything. And young people, don't you compromise. Young people, don't be like a veiled woman. Don't let them touch you. And sir, keep your hands off her. Keep your hands off her. That's God's daughter. Let me say this. If you like it, then you better put a ring on it, okay? That's just... <laughs> Love song. Yeah, I'm working that in there. I'm working that. Okay. Then if you... <laughs> If you want to get the attraction back, then we got to love and honor God. I mean, just a few things. Uh, so love and honor God. Don't hide your love for him. Don't hide it. He didn't hide your lo- his love for you. Don't hide your love for him. The daughters of Jerusalem are going, how in the world did you get Solomon? You dark, ugly, wore out in the sun, scaly hands thing. And she says, because I didn't act like a veiled woman. I have values. I love and honor God. Solomon thought, that's someone I can spend the rest of my life with. So you want to be attractive? Get connected to your God-given purpose. Get connected to your God-given purpose. Grow spiritually in that. God has something for each and every one. Let me say this for married couples. You want to get that love and feeling back in your marriage? Find somewhere expanding the kingdom of God together. Serving children's ministry together. Typically, the ladies are the ones that serve. There's a few places that men will serve. Serve in the youth ministry. Serve at kids' club. Serve in the, in, in the kitchen, serve in the usher team. Listen, you want to get the attraction back in your marriage? Serve God together, expanding his kingdom. Be a life group leader. Sign up and get in a life group together. Why don't you go ahead, honey? I got other things I need to do. Do it together. That spiritual dynamic will increase that attraction in your own marriage for each other. It's God's order. That's how God set it up. And let me say this, be a life group leader. I said this first service because I think this is so powerful. It'll help you spiritually. Hey, if you're leading a life group at your house and you got 20 people coming over, and let me tell you what, World War III will break out before everybody gets there. And so you'll stand there at the door looking at each other and say, you slob and you do this and we got people coming and you need to get this ready. And all of a sudden the doorbell rings, hi, praise God, we're glad you're here. Come on in. We're just gonna worship. It'll make you accountable. It'll help keep you spiritually on track. A little bit. Okay? So go sign up. Okay. Anyway, so have some godly standards. Young person, let me say, listen to me, young person. If this relationship is developing, then you need to have a conversation early. Early. Can't touch this. (laughs) All right? You need to have that early on in that relationship. Listen, tell them what's not going to happen until the honeymoon. Tell them we're not going there. If you leave it undiscussed, you'll put on the veil. You will. The longer you let that go without the discussion, you'll put on the veil. Uh, I just want you guys to know that 
don't know if you realize this, but 90% of the sexual encounters just on TV, not even in movies, but just on TV, 90% of sexual encounters on TV are out of wedlock. Out of wedlock. That's staggering. That's shocking. We need to have God's standard inside of us because we're getting programmed by the world. But you know what they show? They show it being fun, crazy, exciting, all that kind of stuff. But you know what they don't show? They don't show the pregnancy. They don't show the pain. They don't show the heartbreak. They don't show the rejection, the depression, the abortion. They don't show the STDs. They don't show that. So follow God's standard. We got, we got to get back on track with what God always intended. We got to get back to God's standards and law of attraction. The first thing, spiritual attraction. Number one. Okay, let's look at verse nine. Chapter one, verse nine. Chapter one, verse nine. Let's go ahead and go there. Okay. I liken you, my darling. Now, before we get to the rest of that, I'm gonna stop right there. I liken you, my darling. That word, my darling, or darling, actually is from the Hebrew. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, New Testament in Greek. But it's a literal translation from Hebrew, back to the original language, that literally means my best friend. My best friend. So he's saying to her, my best friend, uh, you know, he's talking about the a relationship, the emotional relationship. He's like, someone not only do I love, someone not only do I want to marry, but I like you. I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. And, and you know, it's, we say this all the time, you know, I always love you, but I don't always like you, <laughs> right? And that's the truth. But what we're talking about here is, is addressing the emotional side. So the number one order of attraction is spiritual attraction. The second one is emotional attraction. You need to engage in that person relationally. Sadly, there are too many people that are mar- they're married, but they're not friends. They live separate lives. We need to work on that emotional attraction, that relationship connection, friendship. And so there's sadly relationships that aren't built on friendship anymore. They don't even like each other. And so he says, my darling, hey, what do you call your woman? What do you call your man? Do you call him knucklehead? <laughs> hey, you, do you call her nag? I mean, we're talking about, he's saying, you're my best friend. He says, I've likened you to my best friend. Don't go physical until you've gone spiritual and emotional on the friendship level. He says, you're a likeness of my best friend. I liken you to my best friend. I liken you to a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. I don't know, men. I don't know if I'm going to call my wife a horse. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> but understand the picture here. It's actually very powerful because understand that the only horses that pulled the Pharaoh's chariot were the best horses on the planet. They were the most elegant. They were the most noble. They were the most purebred. They, they, were, they were the, had the most spirit. Come on, they're pulling the, the Pharaoh's Chariot, not just anything could pull that. So but what he's saying is he's speaking then to her as being noble and pure and liked, right? Come on, he's talking about, you're my best friend and, and I enjoy being with you and I wanna be where you are and I love being around you. He's talking about what makes her up right there. He says, he says I see your noble qualities, enjoy being around you. Let's keep going, 10 through 13. Let me read that for you. Here's what it goes. Your cheeks are beautiful with earrings, your neck with the string of jewels. We will make you earrings of gold studded with silver. While the king was at his table, my perfume spread its fragrance. It's like who I am started getting around my, my reputation and who I am and how I behave. Other people started noticing. My beloved is to me, now listen to this, my beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. Now, I don't know what a sachet of myrrh is, but I bet he's glad he was that. I don't know that just, okay. Anyways, that was, yeah, I should have learned from first service not to go there, but I didn't. I'm red now. So, uh, 
but basically what that means is at night, and here's the picture, here's the imagery, so stay with me. At night, when she lays in bed, she holds thoughts of him dearly close to her chest. That's what it is. At night when we're not together because I love being with you so much because you're my best friend, I, I, I hold on to you at night and I have good thoughts of you. And you can see the picture holding her hands to her chest like this. It's like saying I, I, that emotional attraction, I just, I wanna be around you. are so noble and you're so enjoyable and, and we're such good friends and, and when I'm not with you, I just, I lay there at night before I go to sleep and I just hold you dearly to my heart. I mean, how many marriages did I describe there? But God says that's the second level of attraction, or the order rather, that emotional attraction. And it goes on to say this in verse 14. My beloved is to me a cluster of henna blossoms from the vineyards of En Gedi. And it was just a beautiful red flower. Again, just describing uh, this love emotionally for this uh, individual. So the second attraction is emotional attraction. Uh, so we need to uh, get, be spiritually attractive and emotionally attractive. Return to friendship. Relearn the laws of friendship. And let me say this about friendship. Spend time together. Develop the friendship. Work on the friendship. Now we're married. Work on the friendship. You realize that that doesn't mean that you're friends. You're married. So work on that. Be friends. Do things together. And then know this. No harsh words. That is damaging to friendships. No harsh words. Get rid of the harsh words. The, the way we speak to each other hurts more than what we realize. And honestly, it's unattractive. So be careful with your words. You don't get them back. And young people, let me say this. When you look for someone, get around their families and watch them if it's at all possible. Girls, watch how he talks to his mom because he'll talk to you the same way. Love and respect. Boys, watch how she treats her daddy. She'll treat you the same way. She'll speak to you the same way. So be around that. I understand the power of your words. And let me just warn you. Let me warn you in this if you're not up to doing that. There is someone out there willing to sweet talk your spouse. It ought to be you. But if not, there's somebody else out there that will be more than happy to use their words and the enemy will make sure. And we're talking about things like affirmation and honor and respect. And these things, if we're not doing that, then somebody else will and they'll lead to entertaining thoughts which will lead to inappropriate actions. And the need was never sex. It was affirmation and self-esteem. How important is that emotional attraction? See, for a woman, it's affirming her qualities. That no one can do that like you do it. You're just the best at that. You're just amazing. And for a man, it's, it's affirming his abilities. And so that's why men, come on, men. That's why men, when men go out and mow the lawn and nobody said anything after a couple hours, hey, let me show you what I did, guys. Hey, come on out here. Take a look. I spent all day cleaning the garage. I don't know if you saw that now, but hey, let's go out. Let's have a family meeting in the garage. Did you notice anything? Huh? Right? This? Anything? <laughs> Somebody, man, that's the best you've ever done. You could do some ridiculously silly, goofy thing at work and someone's gonna say, I've never seen that done that way. That's amazing. That was the best, most boring report I've ever seen, but it was the best. Somebody is going to, you need to be that person. And then we're not even talking about sex yet. We're talking about spiritual attraction. We're talking about emotional attraction. God's order. The world has it flipped, don't they? And we need God's order. And that's why we're in the state that we're in. That's why we, and the next thing would be in that friendship, you have to take captive every thought because when he or she doesn't affirm you, your mind begins to wander. When she's not laying there and you're uh, like a, a sachet there on her chest, then she gives a thing of things that were never really meant to be. And so the enemy will fill that void in that vacuum. You need to be the one. The devil will lie to you. So take thoughts captive. Your mind will wander. 
Uh, that's why we, there better be some emotional attraction going on in your relationship. Let's take a look at uh, chapter one, verse 15, says this, how beautiful you are, my darling. Now we're switching gears a little bit. We're gonna start talking about the third order, or the third thing in the order. First was spiritual attraction, then it was emotional attraction, and then lastly, physical attraction. Now he's focusing on some physical features here. How beautiful you are, my darling, my best friend. Oh, how beautiful, physical attraction. Your eyes are doves. Let me read one more scripture and get back to that one. How handsome, she's responding, are you my beloved? Oh, how charming, how charming. And maybe I got them flipped, but how charming. Speaking something inward and our bed is verdant. So let's go back to 15 real quick. When it says this, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. And that's him speaking, best friend. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes are doves. Now understand back in the culture of that day, what the rabbis would teach were the eyes were the window to the soul. That you could look in someone's eyes and know what's going on on the inside of them. And so basically he's not only addressing and she's not only addressing because she talks about how charming. They're not only addressing an outward appearance, how beautiful you are to me. They're looking at you're not only beautiful on the outside, you're beautiful on the inside. And get that, that's a huge point that we need to understand because we're trained and programmed to look on outward beauty. But here in God's order, he's talking about not only do they see them beautiful on the outside, you need to see them beautiful on the inside. In fact, I dare say that may be even more important. And so you see this exchange right here where they're not only addressing their physical beauty, if you will, because she thinks she's ugly and unattractive, and, but he's talking about there's something more to you than outward beauty, there's an inward beauty to you, an inward beauty. I just wanna say this, when I first met uh, Jessamy, actually I had become friends with her dad first, uh, Ronnie, many of you know Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie and I became very good friends and when we were at the Loop Campus, uh, we had Sunday night service and after service, uh, a lot of times, we would go and Ronnie would invite me to go to TCBY, there's a TCBY there, and so a lot of times Sunday night we'd go to TCBY and have the frozen yogurt. I didn't really know Jessamy that well, but I was good friends with Ronnie, so I had a good time and I'd sit down with Jessamy and her mom and Ronnie and we'd have yogurt and frozen yogurt and have a good time. And doing that, Ronnie used to go on a lot of the mission trips that I led. I led all the mission trips back in that day. And so we'd go to Mexico a lot. We'd take 14, 15 hour van ride down, van ride back. Spend a lot of time with Ronnie. Ronnie and I would even room together. Jessamy's dad would be roommates at times. So we had a great relationship, friendship. And then all of a sudden, Jessamy kind of got in the, in the picture. She started going on the mission trips. And I just would think back and I think, she is just so beautiful. I thought Jessamy, I still do, she's just beautiful. To me, she is the most beautiful person on the planet. Just stunning, still is from the day I married her. But you know what I fell in love with? I fell in love with the beauty on the inside of her. Because I saw her at TCBY. I saw her on mission trips in the band. I saw her out in the villages serving. I saw her how she treated her dad. I saw how she took care of him, how she loved him, how she talked to him. And can I just tell you, that's the beauty I fell in love with first. And I just want, young people, I want to tell you, that be beautiful on the inside. Be beautiful on the inside. And it's not too late. And don't let the world lie to you. Don't let them lie to you about outward beauty. You be beautiful on the inside. And so what Solomon's saying to his beloved, and she's saying to him as lover, she's saying, not only are you beautiful outwardly in my eyes, but you're beautiful inwardly in my eyes. And can I tell you, if the world would learn that principle, the world would be a better place. Amen. Oh. I hate
hate the ugly cry face. But anyway, so. We need to develop inner beauty. The world has set an expectation for beauty that's a lie. And it's driven our young gals to eating disorders and low self-esteem and binges and things that are harmful and hurtful, depression, and the emphasis on outward beauty, which is unattainable, has driven our young men to pornography. And it's a lie of the devil. That's not how God intended. God put that on the bottom of the order of attraction for a purpose, for a reason. His way works. You can trust his order. You can trust his way. And again, there's no condemnation here this morning. As the devil will be condemning you because I don't know what any of our lives completely line up to the standard that we're speaking right now. And that's okay. That we're striving for that. But if the enemy's coming to you right now and saying, I haven't lived that way, I've made mistakes, and I just want to tell you that we've all made mistakes, and if he's saying you are where you are, you're right there right now, and there's no way out, that's a lie from the pit of hell, because Jesus makes all things new. So let the Holy Spirit convict you and be honest about that, and be willing to find the way he makes where there seems to be no way for your freedom and for your deliverance to come out of that bondage and come out from under the lives of this world. God's order works. God's order works. You can trust him. So focus on that. We need to get back to true beauty. Let me finish this. Uh, we got to go. I got to wrap this up. Let's go into chapter two. What's, what's next, guys? Actually, let me finish out. I'm sorry. I probably didn't finish out that completely. There we go. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I, I missed this first service too. This is huge. The beams of our house are cedars. Our rafters are firs. Now, that's an important deal because when you look at the symbolism of all that, what they're talking about there, the beams of their house are cedars, rafters are firs. They're talking about what this relationship is being built on. Understand, beams of cedars, rafters of firs, they're talking about the structure of the frame. They're talking about the framework for their relationship as built on spiritual attraction first, emotional attraction second, physical attraction last. If you will build your house, your relationship with the order God intended, you will have a strong home, a strong marriage, a strong family, because it's built on the right foundation. It'll provide strength to it. And listen, in this crazy world, we need, when 50 shades of gray is out, we need a strong foundation in our marriage and in our homes and our relationships. So build it on God's order. Build it on God's order. Okay, let's go on now to chapter two, verse one. I'm a Rose of Sharon. Now remember, she started out saying that how unattractive she was. I've neglected my body. I, I, I've been outweathered by the sun and by the, the hard labor. But listen to how he's treated her. And when they got the order right in the right place, listen to how she's talking now. She says, uh, the one who would says, I am weathered by hard work and I've neglected my physical appearance, my body. And now she's saying, I'm a rose of Sharon. Because God order makes you beautiful inside and out. It doesn't matter what other people think. I am a rose of Sharon, she's calling herself now. A lily of the valleys, like a lily among thorns, is my darling among young women. Let's go on to the next. Strengthen me. so So now all this has taken place, and now the relationship is gonna go to another level. 
And so they have a decision to make right here. And so what's happening is she says, strengthen me. She's, she's seen herself in different light now. She sees herself as beautiful and attractive because of how Solomon has pursued her and because of the right proper order. So here's what happened. As it would, it has touched her heart and now she's saying, strengthen me with raisins. Raisins would be like an aphrodisiac, what we'd call that today. Strengthen me with raisins. Refresh me with apples for I am faint with love. I can't take it anymore. I love you so much. I can't stand it. And then it says, his left arm is under my head and his right arm embraces me. So you can get the imagery of laying down together in an embrace. And you know what they've decided? They've decided to take this where it never should go. But listen what happens next. They say, stop, time out. Go on the next one, guys. And they say, time out, stop. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it's time. Now they were going there, but they put on the brakes and said, time out, stop. We're not going to do this. We're not going to take it to that place. We're going to honor God. I just want to encourage you this morning that don't awaken love before it's time. Do not awaken stuff that should happen on your married night before you're married. Don't awaken that. Don't go there. Really, what would say another translation would say, until love develops. What it means is let love develop God's way. Let love develop God's way. Trust the process. Spiritual attraction, emotional attraction, physical attraction. What's God's way? Spiritual, emotional, and physical. That's God's order. You can trust God's way. You can trust his order. And again, no condemnation here. But allow the Holy Spirit to bring those things up so you can repent, so you can deal with it. Because listen, we're all trying to walk this word out. And we'll have good days and bad days. But thank goodness for the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive and the work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's all stand. God is a good and faithful God. My heart, my hope in this, again, is that you will find the hope and the newness that Jesus brings. You'll find a way of freedom. And you'll not listen to the lies of the enemy that would keep you bound and oppressed. Because Jesus came to set you free. And and none of us are perfect. And we've all been at different places and seasons in our life. So let's start here. Here. And let's move forward from here. With lining our lives up with God's word and God's way. Because his way works. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.